chatted with dating and men today? You're at the right place. Welcome to the Freedom Reigns Podcast with Victoria Baxter, a.k.a. Coach V, the new love strategist. It's time. Time to renew your mind. Time to renew your heart. Time for you to win at love. Your ways haven't been working, sis. Why? We do things differently when it comes to the kingdom. It's why we're instructed to not conform to the patterns of the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. How else will you win? Coach V is here to help single women renew their hearts, to positively position themselves with the intentional dating skills that are necessary to win at Kingdom Love. You know, the one that encompasses God's love, self-love, and real love. Tune in to the latest Freedom Reigns episode, where it's about experiencing freedom based on His Spirit at work within you. All right. Good evening, butterflies. I hope you all are doing well. Of course, listen, 2024 will be here in a couple of weeks. Okay. And what we are not doing is sadness and loneliness due to being single. I help women win at love. Yes, but this includes God's love and self-love before getting to real love. Right. And I want your hearts right. I want your motives pure. I want the healing journey to have begun. I want you not just ready, but actually prepared. So there's one thing that I want to touch on, and that is heartbreak. Tonight, I wanted to speak on how to deal with a broken heart. So I did the moving past rejection episode a few weeks back and the streams were crazy. (laughs) And then the new motivation episode that I did on the first Monday was loving yourself beyond the lies. Again, craziness listening. um, And I was looking at how many people were streaming, downloading and listening to that episode. But Even though I love seeing those large numbers, what this tells me is that there are a group of you that are struggling with pain because of what someone did, because of lies that were told. There are heart issues. So let's get to it. We are diving deep into the journey of healing from a broken heart. Y'all already know my story, right? He loved me. That's all I knew. That's all I heard was that he loved me. Who's he? Let's just call him B for short, but it's my ex from 2017. Um, I met him after finally becoming abstinent. So I just knew that he was sent from God. Like me and God wrestled with that abstinence thing for like seven years. And I finally gave in and I met him. So I was like, okay, like, cool. Like this has to be God sent at the end of the day. Listen, Abstinence is not a check mark that you can dangle in the face of God in hopes that he'll reward you with a man or a husband. You got to check your motives. All right. And I know that now, but at the time I really thought this man was my reward and we communicated often stayed on the phone. I always got a good morning text. I always got a good night text. You know, we talked God, we talked the future, how we were going to blend our families, having more children. We talked about pets because he knows I'm an animal lover as most of you do. All of those things we discussed, but I had a secret. He did not know about my vow of abstinence that I had taken months prior. He had no idea and I didn't know how or when to bring it up, but I did know one thing. I knew that he loved me. And when he let me know, I remember like being in church. So for me, that was like further confirmation, right? I remember when I was sitting in church and him sending me that text, letting me know that he was falling in love with me and, you know, just ready to settle down. Like I was just, I could not even contain myself. I was just so excited about it all. And he was wanting to take our relationship to the next level. You know, he was talking about 
taken me off the market. Like I was beyond ecstatic, but I also knew that it was time to reveal my secret. And let's just say that me finally telling him, it did cause a little bit of pause. And me being one that had an anxious attachment style, I started to cling. I became very clingy as he started pulling away. So my, um, my system, it was activated, you know, with the panic that kicked in, because that's what a fear of abandonment does to you. That's what an anxious attachment style does to you. So men can't handle that. He could not handle the emotions. I was afraid of losing him so much so that I actually considered breaking my promise to God about wanting, um, about waiting until marriage for sex. <sighs> so we did end up breaking up. Let's just go ahead and put that out there again. Most of you already know this story anyway. And I spoke about this, you know, heavily in my book, Debunking the Fairy Tale of Boaz. I even wrote the prologue um, of that book to his fiance, who is now his wife. Like, I say all of this to say, I know all too well about heartbreak and heartache, but what matters is what you do what those, with those broken pieces. And if this is your story, let me tell you, I can relate deeply, like even if yours is not exactly like mine, but to finally meet someone and really think this is it, only to get your heart broken when things end. So I can relate to heartbreak but I had to deal with my broken heart. It wasn't easy, okay? Let me just go ahead and put that out there. Like it took me a season as in about three months of crying along with a deep, deep, deep depression. I can't believe I was so close to what I wanted, which was love, a commitment, marriage, settling down with my forever person. Like, it was a lot to deal with. And the thing that I am thankful for is that God met me in my pain, but did not let me stay there. So you have to understand the same thing. You can't stay there. You have to overcome. And that's what I want to help you with. So let's start with unveiling the layers. How does heartbreak even happen? How does it take place? Like, how do we become victims to this, you know, painful experience? And what I do know is that often it's because there is a myth that many have bought into, and it's the myth of the one, right? We've been conditioned to believe that there's one person for everyone, that as women, there's one man that we're supposed to be with, one man that fits, that there's a lid for every pot, one that fits perfectly. So when we go through life believing this, we end up meeting that person, believing that that person is the one. And then when it all comes crashing down, when the fantasy dissolves, when the relationship ends, we're left with this devastation because our belief and concept is that we failed and now we remain lonely. We blame ourselves. There's shame. There's guilt. There's embarrassment based on the idea that our person was our person and now they're gone. So it's the fantasy that we built, that we created and or lived in has now been destroyed. And I feel like we absentmindedly forget about the societal pressure around finding the one. Therefore, we're oblivious as to how it contributes to heartbreak, right? Like the holidays are coming. Relatives asking why you're still single. Asking what happened to the last guy. Blaming you for still being single, right? They start prematurely even, you know, um, 
you know, just either blaming you or, or saying, you know, you had something to do with it, or I really like that guy, or, you know, why did those things and like all of these things that we end up experiencing a lot of times. And I know that that is a hard thing for many of you with the holidays, because you're having to feel those questions about why you're still single, or maybe, you know, you started off this year engaged or in a relationship, but it's not ending that way. And family and friends, like they mean well, but they, yeah, they don't always get it. So it can be a lot to deal with around the holidays and just in general, dealing with those who are asking all these questions, assuming you did something wrong, whatever. I think about a lot of times how, you know, females, maybe they go on social media, right? You're talking about a guy that you're dating, maybe even showing that you're in a relationship. And again, you have to deal with the fallout, the embarrassment and everything when that relationship ends, when that guy is no longer in the picture. And now here comes all the social media in-laws who are in your business asking all these questions. What happened to Mr. So-and-so? Are you still with the guy who da-da-da-da-da? I don't see you talking about this guy anymore. That can be a lot. Like I have been a coach and a single woman's minister for coming up on 10 years now. And, you know, I would always have a lot of people who, and it was baffling at first, but I was like, okay, I guess this is what comes with, you know, building the platform and, you know, being, you know, a public figure, but yes, on a smaller scale, a lot of the questions about why I was single or, Hey, didn't you mention something about a guy? Or I saw a guy in that picture, what's going on with this? Or, you know, when I would always start posting pictures of my best friend, everyone had all of these questions about him thinking that we were really together. And, you know, then when I posted pictures of my actual boyfriend, then I was like, Oh, well, I thought you were with the white guy. And I'm like, I told y'all that was my friend, but people would hop in my inbox. Like, I really think you're with the other guy. I think you're just saying that's your friend, but you just really don't want us to. And I'm like, who are you? Like, why do y'all think I owe y'all an explanation? So that was a lot for me to get accustomed to because I'm not used to people being in my business like that, especially strangers on social media. So it could be a lot, you know, when I would have all of these questions and, you know, people wanting explanations. Even now, sometimes people are like, well, I really think it's the white guy that was the person that you're with. And I'm like, do I need to take a picture with the two of them together so that people will shut up? But this is this is along with the societal pressure. Again, we have the, the best friend who gets excited every time you date a new guy. It's too much. But what must be understood and what I need to emphasize is the importance of understanding that the man that might have you feeling hurt, they may not have been the one but the lessons and the growth are always invaluable at the end of the day. You have to start with unmasking the hurt. This involves peeling back the layers to understand the root causes and emotions that are associated with the pain that you're experiencing. For me, it was rejection. Again, being abandoned. Again, it was the idea of the man and love being stripped away. It wasn't actually him. Looking back, I can clearly see that B wasn't and isn't my person. So again, it was just the idea of it all. And there's this unique pain experienced by a single Christian women of a certain age. Again, societal pressure, self-imposed timelines, the untreated traumas. Yes, we can add to that the things that I mentioned regarding black women, you know, the unique pains that are already possessed due to things that are more prevalent in our community. Post-traumatic slavery syndrome for one, but our numbers are higher for fear of abandonment. And, you know, even when it comes to uh, daddy issues, because 
67% suffer from broken home syndrome. So all of those things have to be taken into consideration. This is how it's often the idea of the man and the relationship ending and being stripped away that can hurt more than the person themselves. It's all because of where our heart was at. A lot of the things that were already existing, it's reliving all the pain that's still within, breaking the heart furthermore. So a lot of the societal expectations are what causes the greater impact. It's a, it's a lot of times the fantasies that have been built regarding that man and regarding that relationship that can end up highlighting the perceived loss at the end of the day. But if we look at the anatomy of a broken heart, there's a, a reason or a, a makeup. You know, the, the broken heart, it's formed the way it is for a few reasons. And one thing that I've noticed a lot of times with women is the quiet, the quieted voice, the quieted voice. Let's delve into how Women often silence part of themselves in pursuit of the relationship fantasy. The phenomenon of women silencing part of themselves in the pursuit of a relationship fantasy is a very complex and deeply rooted aspect of societal expectations, personal aspirations, and cultural influences. And a few things are going to play a part into women silencing themselves or, you know, having even parts of themselves that are quieted. And I'm going to explain and go into that a little bit deeper, but I've already talked about the societal expectations. Then there's also that need for external validation. A lot of times if there's, you know, self-love deficit disorder, you know, if there's untreated trauma to, you know, whatever degree, then you're going to look outwardly for some validation, you know, showing that you are worthy of love, that, you know, you're looking for others to esteem you and to prove your worth. Then, of course, we're going to look at fear of rejection, right? The fear of rejection, this, <laughs> this can be such a powerful motivator for silencing your authentic self. A lot of times I see that women will end up suppressing certain traits, interests, or even opinions just to fit into societal norms or even to avoid the perceived risk of not being accepted by a potential partner or by a man. Like I'm sick of seeing women dimming themselves down, you know, dimming their light. I'm like, please stop doing that. And then when we look at cultural influences, Cultural factors, including family expectations and cultural norms, these can also play a significant role in shaping, you know, how we behave, our choices and everything. And this can lead to the suppression of certain aspects of your personality, all in an effort to meet cultural expectations surrounding relationships, along with your womanhood and your femininity. We have all of these pressures to conform. We have media portrayals, right? And of course, we know that this includes movie, TVs, whatever, but also social media. And they often perpetuate this idealized image of relationships and womanhood. And, you know, women can end up internalizing these portrayals, feeling compelled to emulate certain traits while suppressing others, even if it means sacrificing who they are to their core, even if it means sacrificing their authentic selves. So it's like, I see a lot of these things that go into, uh, you know, it, and it all ties into heartbreak because even when it comes to why women get into relationships, even why they end up staying in relationships. And a lot of times, like, again, when you look back 
when you heal from it all, you realize that the relationship wasn't the right relationship anyway, right? You realize it was maybe something you missed. It was something again that that man provided that quieted something inside of you that led to you being, you know, a quiet uh, woman. And, but it's like a lot of those things that we end up doing for the sake of being in a relationship is what also plays into the pain that we later feel when the relationship ends. It's like, oh my God, I did the most. I dumbed myself down. You know, I went against this and I, you know, I, I no longer even had this as a boundary. You know, I gave up on my goals. We have all of these things that we'll end up regretting and it can compound the way that we end up feeling after a breakup. And I, I hate that for us, you know, as women, because then it's like, there's all of this guilt. Like we always talk about forgiving the person who hurt us, right? And I talk about forgiveness a lot. I hate seeing bitterness strip people, but what ends up happening, what I see in these situations and based on the, the things that I was just speaking about is that a lot of women, now they're left with the shame, the guilt, the embarrassment, and they're blaming themselves and they you know, get to a place where they're frustrated with themselves. They no longer trust themselves because it's like, yep, I see how that worked out when I trusted the last person, made a fool out of me in front of my family, my friends, social media, his family, his friends. I can't believe I was so stupid looking back. How did I not know any better? And when you end up not trusting yourself, this is when a lot of women, they take themselves off the market. They put themselves on the shelf. They say that God has them hidden when they're really just hiding themselves from love because they can't believe what they've what they've already allowed. They can't believe what they've done before. Like this is why I'm so big on ladies getting to a place where they're right within, where they have that self-love, where they have that self-esteem because otherwise like that desire for a connection or when you have your self-worth tied to your relationship status, all too often I see that women sometimes tie their sense of self-worth very closely to their relationship status. And this can result in the suppression of aspects of their identity that they fear might actually hinder their ability to attract and maintain a romantic relationship. This is why I would say like, you have to get right within, you got to be good now before you start thinking about anything else. Right? So I want you to rediscover and even amplify those silence aspects post a breakup. Think about the places inside of you. Think about the things that you quieted, that you dumbed down. Think about the light that you dimmed all because of that relationship. That'll help you get some of your power back. And I want to go into as well, let me talk about anxious attachment styles. Y'all know I talk about that a lot, right? But this is like a lot of this goes into the anatomy of a broken heart. The majority of my clients have an anxious attachment style, while the small remaining percentage are fearful avoidance. The intensity of pain after a relationship ends is greater for those that have anxious attachment styles because anxious individuals, they have that deep seated fear of abandonment and they might even have, um, they might even be like hypersensitive to signs of potential rejection or separation. And when a relationship end, when a relationship ends, this fear is triggered and it amplifies the emotional intensity of the heartbreak. Anxious women have a tendency to hyperactivate their attachment system, which means they may be overly attuned to the relationship cues. They're constantly seeking reassurance and they end up interpreting 
certain situations and it can be ambiguous situations as threats to the relationship, which let me tell you, all of these things lead to abandonment anxiety in relationships, which can and often does scare men away. And when the man gets scared away, when the breakup occurs or happens, it's like the sudden absence of the attachment figure. It can be profoundly distressing, depressing, disturbing. It can be downright traumatic. This was the, the case with my breakup and my heartbreak back in 2017. Women who have an anxious attachment style, men as well, but I'm talking to the women. Women with an anxious attachment style, they often experience um, heightened emotional reactivity. The emotional response to a breakup, it will end up being more intense, involving heightened levels of sadness, anxiety, and even a sense of desperation to restore the connection. What I see with anxious individuals is that they have a strong inclination to seek proximity and closeness in relationships as a way to alleviate their anxiety. And then so the loss of this proximity and closeness during a breakup, it intensifies the feelings of distress and loss. What I see with those who suffer from an anxious attack, and I do say suffer because even though a large majority of people have it, it's not good. And it's something like you're betraying yourself by allowing this attachment style to be what you possess at the end of the day, okay? What I see is that those who suffer from it, they rely heavily on relationships for emotional regulation. And the breakup, the end of a relationship disrupts this source of emotional stability, which leads to a heightened sense of emotional turmoil and distress. So individuals that have an anxious attachment style, they struggle with negative self-perceptions, they struggle with low self-esteem, and all a breakup will end up doing to you, if this is your story as well, is reinforcing and exacerbating a lot of those negative self-beliefs making the emotional impact more profound. And what I see as a coach is that those who suffer from it, they find it challenging to let go of relationships, even if they are unhealthy, even if the relationship is unhealthy, even if the relationship is no longer serving their well-being, because the fear of being alone and the desire for connection may lead to prolonged mourning and difficulty moving on after a breakup. So you have to recognize and manage anxious attachment tendencies if this is your story. If it is, we need a transformation meetup. Okay, like let's chat so we can get it all together. But piece it all back together. There is a painful beauty of breakups at the end of the day. When we really take to the time to explore, which we just kind of did, why breakups are so painful, you can really look at the transformative potential that is within your pain. Like again, myself, my pain literally became my platform for power. After my breakup, I was like, okay, God, like me and God, we had that talk. We did that little meetup because I had to go to him with all of that pain. But then when he started revealing to me the broken parts of myself, once I started reflecting on that guy, I started reflecting on that relationship, why I wanted him, why it hurt. I went through all of those things. And it's like, as I started, you know, then taking that trip down memory lane to all the past men and why those men, like, why did I choose them? Why did it hurt? Why did I want them? Like, that is what gave me some freedom. That is what gave me healing. And then God was showing me, you know, all of these things about marriage and just where I was going to be going in that season of my life. And that is what kickstarted, you know, my 
single women's ministry, like the coaching, like a lot of those different things. Or that's when it got even greater, should I say. That's when I wrote the Debunking the Fairy Tale of Boaz book. That's when God was telling me to reach his daughters. That's when I started creating the courses and, you know, becoming certified because I was doing coaching prior to anyway, but that's when I became certified and actually went back to school, started taking all the lessons and the courses so that I could truly help women. And again, it helped me heal. There's freedom in healing. There's freedom in forgiveness. My payback was doing the work at the end of the day. Like I had recently shared about the mature breakup revenge, and I'm going to give these seven steps very quickly in case you're here right now, but there are seven things to do for a mature breakup revenge. One, cry. It shows you're human, yes, but crying relieves pain and stress while releasing toxins. Two, self-reflection. Hindsight is always 2020. Reflect on what you missed, why it hurts so bad. You know, take accountability for anything that you can in the moment. Three, exercise. Revenge body, hello. <laughs> But it's good for your mental and emotional health on top of your physical health. And working out is tied to happiness along with increased self-esteem. Four, self-care, doing things that make you happy, um, finding things that are going to put you in a better mood. Like, let's get heavy and serious about the self-care. Five, treat yourself. I always say, do something nice for you. Dinner, massage, spa day, something. You know, you like flowers. Don't wait for a man to bring you flowers. Okay. Or maybe even your ex used to do, you know, that for you and bring you flowers every Tuesday. Buy yourself flowers every Wednesday. Okay. Number six, get help if necessary. Let's be real. Some breakups just hit a little bit differently and there's nothing wrong with soliciting outside help. Number seven, be grateful. Yes, be grateful because that relationship that ended, guess what? Whatever you lost isn't the best that God has for you. Your story isn't over yet, all right? Your man is still out there. So I want you to reclaim your power. Those are all empowering strategies to deal with the aftermath of a broken heart. I strongly encourage self-reflection, self-love, and even setting healthy boundaries to help you out in the future. So how do you deal with a broken heart? How do you reclaim joy and heal when your heart has been broken? Let me give some practical tips and strategies. One, journaling for healing. Again, after my breakup, I started journaling about that man, that relationship and those desires. And so much was revealed to me that it made me want to think about the last guy and the last guy and the last guy. And I learned so much. There are such therapeutic benefits of journaling and self-reflection, okay? It is going to make you explore so much when it comes to your emotions, your experiences, and a lot of things that are ultimately hidden. You're going to discover and unlearn and uncover so much. So it's like I was doing shadow work you know, before shadow work even became a thing. And then let me also say community and support. There are reasons that men seemingly move on faster after a breakup. Women, we thrive off connections and relationships. And we typically have, you know, trusted friends and family that we can go to, right? We thrive off connections and community. Men, a lot of times either don't have that or they're afraid of how they will be perceived if they discuss their feelings after a breakup. So what are they going to do? It's like, okay, now I got to find someone else. That is why it seems like they move on so quickly. And a lot of times, and yes, sometimes it is the case where it's like, oh, that woman must've been there all along. And for him to move on that fast, 
yeah, let's be real. Sometimes that was the case, but a lot of times it's not. They will move on very quickly. I know men where it's like, as soon as the woman left and he knew that she was done, done, as soon as she packed up, as soon as that woman, you know, filed for divorce, mentioned divorce or whatever else the case might be, that man was already on a dating app. That man was already reaching out online to the woman that he had been kind of eyeing or wanting for some time or the very first thing, you know, the, the first woman that he sees when he's out somewhere, he's asking for that number and they will go a little bit harder in the beginning because again, they're missing the connection from their ex. So I don't want that to be you. I want you to heal and deal with all the muck and the foolishness from your past and from that heartbreak. So reach out to your community for support. Again, those friends, um, you know, friends and family and just people that can be there for you. That is why it is so important to build a support network. This is why I'm big on social circle as well. When I talk about real self-love so you can seek guidance from friends, family, spiritual mentors, whatever the case might be. And then let's also be real. There's professional help. Like y'all know I'm all about destigmatizing, seeking therapy, counseling, you know, yes, I'm a dating coach, but I do inner healing as well. There are benefits of professional guidance and navigating the journey of heartbreak because a lot of times us on our own, and I'm going to exclude myself again, only being a coach who's certified in these things, but there's like, like we can be very limited in general as humans, as far as, you know, what to do, how to manage, you know, and things like that. So getting that help can help you uncover and process things that you would have never gotten to on your own. All right. I had a client when Ashley came to me, oh my gosh, I want to say that was maybe back in 2021. And this was just from me posting certain things on Facebook, but she had just went through a heartbreak. She knew the relationship was over, but she needed help dealing with the heartbreak, processing the heartbreak. And it was like, hey, I'm sick of this cycle. There's a pattern that I'm noticing. So I want to work on this. And that was that. And she signed up. We began coaching. I want to say she did a six month program. Seeing the work that she has done has been absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I'll be honest and say that, yeah, like before she even officially graduated, she had already met a guy like in the middle of the healing. She had already met a new guy. But again, I was there to hold her hand, you know, and do the work. So I don't always, you know, recommend someone meeting while we're doing the work. But she was very intentional about the work. She nailed all of the assignments um, because like with my breakout programs, there are assignments and stuff that I give in between, you know, our next session. She was nailing those assignments like I was just so proud of her like it's ridiculous like she really did the work and to know that i will actually be hopping on a plane next year with my guy as we go and celebrate with her on her wedding day like that just i'm just in awe okay so don't pass over getting professional help to navigate the journey of pain and heartbreak all right i am a coach who is here to help you win at love but you have to deal with the pieces of your broken heart. You have to heal your heart. You have to renew your heart, right? Like this is what I'll do with a few of you next month in the winter semester of New Heart Academy. We begin with the heart exam to see what's happened to your heart, what the symptoms are, what the treatment is, how to heal and what the side effects of healing are. We're going to look at how 
all of your pain, not just divorce and breakups, but all of the pain from your past and childhood are responsible for how you feel, think, speak, and move currently. We're going to create a relationship blueprint after getting clear on who you are, what you desire, what you need, and the kind of man that fits your vision. And we're going to discuss the intentional dating skills that I am going to provide you with that you need to ensure that you don't get your heart broken again. You can't win at love until you deal with the pain from your past. Those are the facts, okay? So until next time, unveil the layers. Ensure that you don't have this false notion of the one because truth be told, the one is whichever one you choose. The key is to choose wisely. I help you with that in New Heart Academy. And then get clear on why exactly your heart was broken. Were you lying to yourself? Did you see what you wanted to see? Did you create, live in, or build a fantasy? Be accountable. It's the only way that you can prevent this from happening again. And then unleash your voice. Find Find out what parts of you were quieted by the presence of that man and the others, because often those painful relationships took place because those men filled a void that was screaming. I want you to get clear on this and then piece it all together, piece it all back together. No one can love you like you can outside of God, of course, but help your heart heal. Take the strategies I gave to help you heal and deal with your broken heart because hurt people hurt people, all right? Hurt people bring dysfunction and chaos. And until you deal with what's going on within, you risk taking that into your next relationship. Don't make the next man suffer because of what the last one did. That's not cool at all. And if you have an anxious attachment style, let's work on this. Let's work on this for real because Attachment styles are not necessarily fixed, okay? But individuals can develop more secure attachment patterns. This is what I help my clients do through self-awareness, through personal growth, personal development. So we can do something about that, okay? It can be reversed. Even if you are fearful avoidant, that can be reversed as well. Let's get you to a place of secure attachment patterns at the end of the day. But seeking support from your friends, family, your homegirls, whoever, professionals, I'm here for you. Doing all of this during times of heartbreak, it can be crucial for individuals that have an anxious attachment style because it provides that external, that external source of reassurance and guidance. So remember, healing is, it is a transformative journey that it leads to a more empowered authentic self. It is the only way that you can be your best self. So I am here to help you win. Let's change your story in 2024. Take the relationship readiness assessment if you have not already. All right. It is on the homepage of my site. And then we can do your 30 minute transformation meetup to get you on the right path to kingdom love. All right. Beautiful butterflies. You are not alone in your journey. So just keep that in mind. You are not alone. You don't have to do it alone. If you do it alone, that is a choice you are making. But until next time, keep on shining your light, find your voice, unleash your voice, and stand on being the best version of yourself. 
Coach V is a certified life, dating, and relationship coach. She's also a speaker, author, and the founder, creator, and teacher at New Heart Academy. And she's here to help you win. God wants you to win too, but you must renew your heart. Connect at www.NewThingLifeCoaching.com to start your transformation process. But first, subscribe to the Freedom Reigns podcast on your favorite platform so you know about brand new episodes.